have a mom confession to make. I really wanted to write on this topic of groupthink and how do we as parents teach our kids to be independent thinkers, but I kept pushing it down the calendar. Other ideas pop into my head and I decided to write on them instead because it is just easier. It is so much easier to write on how to create a high school transcript or what to do for summer with all your kids. These topics aren't hard. Hey mom, so if you're new to the channel, I am Jody the mom from lifeunbox.blog. I am a homeschool mom of six, ages two to 16, and I am a mom entrepreneur. This channel gives you all the information you need to be a successful homeschool mom and mom entrepreneur. Now let's get back into the show. So after pushing this topic down the calendar, I'm finally confronted with it once again. And the calendar just won't let me put it off any longer. But on the flip side, I really want to write about it because groupthink is a real thing. And we need to teach our kids how to spot it and keep from being sucked into the vortex of it. So I have to give this caveat because I'm always, I always hesitate to write on parenting because I feel like my kids need to be 30 first, then I will receive my parent bona fides and only then am I fully qualified to talk on parenting topics. But on the other hand, I have been doing this parenting thing for a while now, so I think we can chat on parenting topics, but I had to just add that in there because that's how I feel. So as parents, we all want to launch our kids into the world with the tools they need to handle every situation. They're going to face the world and conquer it. From the time they are toddlers, we are teaching them to be independent, get themselves dressed, use the potty by themselves. One of my favorite milestones, I have to say, feed themselves and the list could go on and on. But as they get older, we start to shift from things they need to do from, for themselves to learning to be independent thinkers, teaching kids to be independent thinkers and recognizing the trap of groupthink is an important skill to teach them. Okay, so what is groupthink? When I took one of my some college classes, and I can't remember which one it was, probably psychology, uh, they talked about a study on groupthink, and I can't remember all the details, I just remembered the results. So here's my interpretation. The study conducted put one person in the group that didn't know what was going on. So then they held up an object, let's say a banana, and everyone in the group said it was an apple. The be bewildered test subject, not knowing what was happening, agreed with the group. So the, ba ba the, the conclusion of the group was that the banana was indeed an apple. So group think is usually the result of wanting consensus in the group. It is a desire for harmony and cohesiveness, again, in the group, even if it means sacrificing what you know to be true and your belief system. 
So in our culture that has lost the art of genuine debate and disagreement, this is more and more prevalent. And as a parent, I find this to be totally crazy. <laughs> like, you know, when you're growing up and your parents would always say, well, if your friends jumped off the bridge, would you, would you do it too? And it's kind of like, yeah, they probably would. So how do we teach our kids to be independent thinkers and not to fall into the trap of groupthink or to jump off the bridge with the rest of their friends? <laughs> so, all right, first let's talk about where does knowledge come from? We soak up knowledge from everywhere. What we read, watch, observe, these are all places we gain knowledge. Then as we put all these pieces together, we start forming ideas and opinions about topics. So that's why you need to obtain your knowledge from good sources. We'll just leave it at that. So I think the classical education trivium helps to explain this well, because they break up the three stages of learning. Um, and the first stage is grammar. The second one is logic. And the third one is rhetoric. So the first stage, logic, is where children just amass knowledge. They may not understand it all, but there is a heavy focus on just learning facts and memorizing them. So the second stage, logic, is understanding. So this is the stage where the kids start to assimilate all the facts and memorization learned in the first stage. So they actually start to gain an understanding of the facts. So the final and third stage is rhetoric or wisdom. And this is the stage where students learn to present the assimilated facts in logically formed arguments. So not only do they know the facts, they understand the facts, but now that they can actually present them. So while this is a specific teaching method, it helps to understand how kids grow and think and also how knowledge is gained. All right. So we're going to talk about a hot topic right now. Next one is what to think or how to think. So how do we start teaching our kids to be independent thinkers? So some would say just teach them how to think, not what to think. Well, that is a really nice, ambiguous statement, right? How do we actually do it? So there's got to be some method. Um, we do want our kids to know how to think, but this is the end result. So one of my favorite podcasters always says that kids need to know what to think first. And he's not wrong. And if we go back to the trivium, where they're, the first stage is amassing information, you can see how true that is. So you need to start with what to think. Kids can't reach the point of how to think without first amassing knowledge and facts. So in order to understand complex equations, they first need to know that two plus two equals four, and then they can build from there. But the end result in all this knowledge is to know how to think. So these two ideas, they need to work together and not in um, opposition of each other. So kids don't group think. Like if we don't want the kids to group think, then we need to, they need to know what to think and how to think, and they need to work together. You start with what to think and you build off, you build on it to eventually get to 
how to think. All right. So let's talk about low information individuals. So groupthink is very prevalent among low information people. And these are people who typically stick with the headlines for all of their information. They really never crack a book with anything meaningful in it. <laughs> okay. So they may be reading other things, but I'm talking about meaningful topics. So if you want to banish groupthink and teach your kids to be independent thinkers, then you need to teach them to be high information people. So this means reading a lot and reading from a number of sources. So my son actually brought me this book that was part of his Sunlight curriculum. And I will say this, I was extremely disappointed that Sunlight had included this in their American history curriculum. It was so blatantly misleading with the facts that I'm just looking at the first two chapters. And so just from the first two chapters, I'm needing to explain context around the facts that were being presented. And he is a low information person. So because he's a high school student, you know, a lot of times information will get generated just from experience and, you know, age. And so me, who's more of a high information person, because I've read for years now, was able to just like break these things down and explain why the what was presented as facts was so misleading and out of context. So again, like I said, I was extremely disappointed that Sunlight would have such a blatantly misleading uh, book as part of the high school um, history, American history curriculum. So uh, there was that. So you have to teach your kids to uh, be high information individuals. So moving on. That was free. That one was free. So let's talk about the tools you need to banish groupthink and teach your kids to be independent thinkers. All right, number one, asking good questions. So this is a very important one because we've all heard the saying, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Okay, mom, let me just blow your mind here. There are a number of stupid questions and you've probably probably been asked them before. Stupid questions do exist. And it's usually due to the fact that people are lazy and they don't want to find the answer to the questions for themselves. So if we can all agree, like, yes, there are stupid questions and yes, we've been asked them. <laughs> so if you want to teach your kids how to be independent thinkers, then teach them how to ask good questions. And these need to be well thought out questions. So a good question is thought out. It comes from a place of genuine curiosity and with the intention of learning something new or building on previous knowledge. Number two, teach them how to find answers. So I admit that I've forgotten everything I ever knew about algebra and chemistry. Sad but true, because I've, I've never used them after high school. Okay, so we won't talk about that. But I have done my taxes since I had to do taxes, but that's another story. So it is a serious disadvantage that I have forgotten these things because I really can't help my high schooler with these subjects. <laughs> so... As I was lamenting this with my husband one day, he dropped this gem of wisdom on me. 
He said, it's more important to give them the tools they need to find the answer than to help them get to the answer. So show them where to find the answers to hard questions and teach them how to determine if the information is good or not. Uh, So again, that comes back to low information or high information people and how much knowledge that you have on subjects. So, and show them not to be afraid of opposing views. It's okay to not agree with each other. I know. Let's just take a moment, recover from that. All right. Anyway, I had my moment there. So number three, wrestle with knowledge. It is okay to wrestle with facts and take your time to reach a conclusion. Because here's the thing. Not every situation is black and white. So you need to make sure you have as much information as possible and then wrestle with that information and try and reconcile it. And you know what? It's okay to not have a definitive answer. So I do think that wrestling with the facts is more of a sign of an honest intellectual. So just because everyone is saying it doesn't mean it is true. So our culture has become so lazy when it comes to wrestling with knowledge we depend on sound bites or TikTok videos, and we don't take the time to really like research the facts, dig into the motivations, and understand what's behind it. And this takes time. It's not always easy. So we just give up on it, and we stick with the short little TikTok videos and sound bites. Four. All right, you guys ready? Fact versus opinion. I know every elementary language arts class will take the students through this exercise of determining facts and opinions. The problem is when people start to believe their own opinions as fact. So fact is really a very narrow definition that can quickly turn into opinion. For example, science is proclaimed as all factual. But in reality, it is a lot of opinion that is drawn from a very narrow set of facts. So I was reading a book on eugenics, and I've been reading this for a while. And I think it was probably pub- it was published a few years ago. So I want to say it's 2013, but I'm not 100% sure. But just to give you an idea of when it was published. And so he was talking about why the idea of eugenics. And eugenics is a made-up word. That means good genes. It's like a mishmash of two Greek words. That means good genes. And he was talking about why these ideas of forced sterilization, um, ostracizing people who were socially inadequate, why they prevailed. And he goes, it wasn't because it was everyone was racist, had nothing to do with white supremacy. Then he said one more thing, and I can't remember what it was. He goes, It was so accepted because it was science. So I'm just going to leave that one there. Like, I'm going to let you ponder that one for a little while. So um, we'll get back to what we were talking about. So there are a number of scientific procedures that have changed because the facts changed. So I remember, and again, it was in one of my some college classes, that um, there was an OBGYN who discovered that x-raying a mother while she was pregnant, there was a higher risk of the child developing childhood cancers. 
like a 50% chance that a child would develop childhood cancers. It took 25 years for the medical um, field to change their practice, even though this information was widely known. And she, uh, I can't remember, I wish I could remember the doctor's name, but again, it's like these stories that just like stick with you. Like, oh my gosh, um, I cannot believe it. When the facts were so blatantly clear, it took them 25 years to change their practice and to stop x-raying mothers while um, they were pregnant. So again, we're just going to leave that one there and you can, you can ponder that for a while. So teach your kids how to spot the very narrow facts and the abundance of opinions. And number five. All right. A thick skin. So if your kids are going to swim against the tide of groupthink, then they will need to have a thick skin. One way to help them with this is to teach them that if someone disagrees with you, it is not a personal attack. Could you imagine if we just like, we just could could agree that, okay, if you disagree, then you're not attacking me personally. We can still be friends. So many times conversations disintegrate because the art of having a disagreement has been lost. It is okay to disagree. Dude, you don't always like, agree with your spouse on everything. And sometimes you have um, intense conversations about topics and you still walk away disagreeing about it. And that's okay. You can still love, you still love each other. And you can still be friends if you don't agree on everything. It is healthy to have your opinions challenged because you will grow. You'll either be more certain of them or you will shift them. So this is not easy and it requires a thick skin. So help your children have that thick skin. But then on the flip side, you also have to teach them how to have a friendly debate and how to disagree with each other without it turning into a personal attack. All right. So we're going to conclude our banished group think and be an independent thinker. So I'm going to leave you with this Mark Twain quote. It is easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. So I always find that so profound because it's so true. So it's not an easy thing to teach our kids to be independent thinkers. And it is a constant learning experience for you as a parent and for them as a kid. So you're probably still learning it as well for yourself. So we don't reach destination when it comes to being an independent thinker. It is a journey of constant learning, growing, shifting, and changing. So have you ever experienced groupthink and how do you teach your kids to be independent thinkers? Moms, I am so glad you joined me today. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine that. So remember to check out the Life of Box store for all of your mom boss merch and you can support the show with coffee. Visit ko-fi.com forward slash life unboxed blog. And that's ko fi.com forward slash life unboxed blog to buy this tired mama, because I'm always tired, a cup of joe. So for more great mompreneur content, follow Life Unblo- Unboxed. <laughs> 
<laughs> on social media or check out lifeunbox.blog and be sure to share the podcast and video with your friends. And I will see you in the next show. Go be an independent thinker. Thank <music> you.